Welcome to today's episode of NG Explained. I'm Rovic. Hey, I'm Elliot. What's up? <laughs> Today we're doing a unique episode just because McDonald's has reopened recently and we kind of wanted to play homage to an icon of Singapore's food scene. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think today we're going to talk about something that uh, after this whole like, you know, everyone was like, oh man, McDonald's is close of like, uh, there's a big hoo-ha about it. I dare say that McDonald's is certifiably a pillar of our community. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, I mean, we all know that uh, Singaporeans, we like rallying around food and, you know, that's what we're known for. But I think... McDonald's as an establishment in particular is something that we've wholeheartedly supported for a very long time, uh, come rain or shine. And, you know, it's funny because McDonald's actually is like, it's everywhere, right? Every single community here has a McDonald's. Yeah, not just in Singapore, globally. And yeah, globally. What's, unique, what's unique is that Singapore loves its McDonald's, but in the US, McDonald's wasn't really people's go-to option. Yeah, yeah and, and like... I think McDonald's doesn't have that sort of like perception here. It's very, it's such a different way of perceiving it. Like we don't see McDonald's as low class food. We see it as, you know, it's it's there. Like people get hyped around McDonald's. And that's what today's episode is really about. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into one particular event in Singapore's history where McDonald's was the thing. We're talking about the Hello Kitty buying frenzy. The- yeah. One of the craziest times in Singapore's history. Uh, McDonald's, actually, when I was preparing for this episode, right, Rovic, there was a lot of things that uh, I really wanted to pack inside because uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of McDonald's. I mean, not not the eating component, but I just love the way that they do marketing. And you like the so- brand? I love the brand. The brand is dope. <laughs> the brand is <laughs> Well, you heard it here first, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, sign us up. Sign us up, man. Uh, it, it's really quite crazy. So I thought like, hey, let's. I'm going to write down all these information. And I realized that there was so much to unpack, even in just this one one story. Now, a lot of you guys who are listening in, um, one, one reason why you chose this is because you might not know the full extent of uh, why McDonald's is so dear to a lot of people's hearts. Funny enough, I do know someone who has the entire Hello Kitty collection. Really? Okay. Yes. Someone in my family has the entire Hello Kitty collection and they were offered a whopping six digits to sell it off okay it's one of the big reasons why i thought this would be a great time to talk about um the hello kitty fiasco as well um because right now if we have to have this again as promotion we literally could not queue up yeah you would probably need to find a digital uh, yeah. workaround for any of this exactly exactly uh mcdonald's would not be able to do this during this time of covid19 so let's talk and dive a little bit deeper into the hello kitty buying frenzy you know mcdonald's has a pretty interesting history. It opened its first outlet in Singapore at Lea Towers in 1979. So that's almost 41 years old. And by 2000, it had expanded to 113 restaurants around Singapore. So that's pretty much covering all of Singapore at this point. In an appreciation of its large customer base, the fast food chain offered Hello Kitty toys at cost price along with its extra value meals, which meant that as long as you ordered an extra value meal, you just had to pay cost price for the Hello Kitty toy and you got it there was no markup 
no nothing. Yeah, there was no markup and nothing. From what I researched, this was the first time that there was uh, a collaboration of a big brand. Okay, so like Hello Kitty at that point in time, I think it's owned by Sanrio. Um, at this point in time, McDonald's Singapore was like, okay, we want to do something big. We've always had toys, but we've never had toys at this scale. And, you know, with this kind of frequency. Uh, I think before 2000, they did do some collaborations like Sesame Street. I don't even remember this, uh, but you could collect like a wall of little Sesame Street dolls uh, back then. But Hello Kitty was was a big player because they were going like long-term uh, collectibles for this. I'll freely admit I wasn't really a toy collector when I was right. growing up. Mm. But now I know that now McDonald's does books as well. So you can yeah. either redeem a toy or a book. <laughs> yeah, so. dude. Hey, that's dope. Yeah. See, big shout out. That's why I love their brand. In, in a time where modern sensibilities have changed from like hoarding stuff, they've now gone down the education route for like Happy Meal toys. Hey, McDonald's, I love you. Please sponsor us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this, this Hello Kitty, the reason why we talked about how um, by 2000, they had like 113 restaurants is because, keep this, keep this number in mind, 113 restaurants around Singapore and the promotion for this Hello Kitty craze was launched on the 1st of January of that year. So 113 restaurants in Singapore by 1st of January that year. And uh, this was a promotion where they designed released uh, weekly on Thursdays. So every Thursday, a new Hello Kitty uh, or Dear Daniel figure would appear dressed in different things like wedding costumes for like Malay culture, Japanese culture, Chinese culture, Korean culture. The pair came in six designs and 400,000 sets of each design were produced. Ah, okay, another important number. 400,000 sets only. <laughs> you you would think that that's a big number, but it's not. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it, there was a lot of problems with this number because we'll dive into this a, bit, a little bit later, but um, before they even knew what was going on, there was no such things like, you know, like no cap limit. So everyone could just buy whatever, any number that they wanted. They just keep buying extra value deals. Ah. They wouldn't eat the dang thing and just like, okay, collect all the toys. So the promotion kind of like went out of control each time the toys were released where thousands and literally this, these are things which uh, some of our sources come from the National Library. So uh, if you guys want to find out a little bit more, National Library has a whole bunch of uh, write-ups on this on this event. Okay, uh, But thousands of people turned up to buy these toys with the extra value meal. And of course, yeah, people who started queuing from midnight <laughs> for the next day's release. So as early as sunrise, you would see outside McDonald's race hordes Hordes of people waiting. This was the Apple iPhone before it oh, was a thing. <laughs> 100%. You, you think people queue up for Supreme is bad? You had not seen, you had not the seen Hello Kitty the Hello Kitty experience. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was really crazy. Fun fact, I was, I was there. Uh, two, uh, Did you queue? No, 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 I didn't queue for myself, right? Um, what happened was that my, at a point in time, my, my uncle, he was really into it. So we had to take turns. Basically, my brother and I will meet him at like 5 a.m. in the morning. So must must understand that at the point in time, McDonald's is not 24 hours yet. Okay. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, they open at like 6 or 7 a.m. So we had to take shifts and like take over his spot and stuff. Yeah. And uh, you've got rewarded with hot kicks at the end. Hells yeah, dude. <laughs> Although I should have asked for big breakfast like in hindsight. Um, yeah, I feel like you definitely were undersold <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah. So because, and then, you know, these queues were extremely long. And by the time they opened up, there was this overwhelming response. And it, this was unprecedented in Singapore McDonald's history. Uh, 
the fast food chain was initially caught unprepared and you know this all the problems like that come about with it logistics you know like how many people can buy they didn't have a cap at that point in time uh, there's a lot of security issues imagine people who are queuing and you know Singaporeans when they queue right they get really antsy sometimes uh. so like people shout each other people say hey you can't queue uh, trying to buy spots you know all, all sorts of regular regular things you might see when huge crowds gather and not only were the queues in front of the shop long but the drive through counters as well those things were jammed up so we're talking major traffic disruption we're, we're recording this episode two days after mcdonald's reopened in singapore and i know that there were also traffic jams in some of the drive through <laughs> yeah so mcdonald's and, and traffic jams and long queues are probably pretty synonymous at this point yes yes absolutely uh which is a big reason why we chose this topic i, I knew what was going to happen my prediction was at first my prediction was Come June, uh, June second, you know when this entire circuit breaker period has lifted, uh, McDonald's would have you know crowds once again. Like people would just like storm to the place. Hey, we don't even need to lift the entire circuit breaker, and people already are storming the place. The fact that you can actually go in and pick up your food is insane. So yeah, a lot of problems, logistical nightmare, security nightmare. Yeah, there were in terms of who were these people. Initially, people were thinking it's females who were thought to be the more ardent collectors of soft toys and collectibles. But actually, it was the young men that were also contributing quite heavily to the buying frenzy. They were eager to snap up the toys to impress their girlfriends or to hold on to the toys in anticipation of market appreciation and value, which is such a Singaporean thing to do. Yeah, he's dead Singaporean. To scalp your house. Yeah, to scalp. And this was time, Uh, let's remember, this time there was no carousel, you know. So people were still managed to flip these things for a really good price. It looks here that it was sold at $4.50 with any extra value meal, but the entire line could fetch as much as $980 on the secondary market. And this was confirmed by McDonald's itself. They were looking at what was the appreciation and they found this out. <laughs> and the rate of acquiring and hoarding the toys outpaced buyers' ability to consume food, meaning that many people, as you said, were buying the extra value meals, but they were throwing it away, causing a lot of food wastage. And, you know, it was just a ludicrous thing to watch from the, from the sidelines. Yeah, it, it was. It, this was this was pure madness, right? Uh, people stopped caring about the central reason McDonald's existed, which is to eat, you know, to feed ourselves. Uh, and instead, it became the complete opposite of a feeding frenzy. It was it was a collecting frenzy, I guess. So there were these long lines for the Hello Kitty toys, and they all became hotspots for freight nerves and like flaring tempers. So I told you, like these people were like fighting, uh, full of fist fights. Okay, you can actually Google up some really old Straits Times articles where people got arrested. Okay, people were people were fighting in these queues. The Boon King outlet, the <laughs> weight of the queue came to bear on the glass door, causing it to shatter. Yeah. And seven people were basically injured, with three having to go to Tantok Singh Hospital for outpatient treatment. That is mad. <laughs> That's bonkers, right? Yeah, think about it. That's how bonkers we are at queuing as as a country. Okay, so very it was very physically draining. So of course. McDonald's had to respond to this chaos, right? And the promotion resulted in complaints from a lot of people, like public sector. A lot of businesses were affected, obviously, uh, with some 6,000 small SME businesses uh, represented by the Federation of Merchants Association. They were they were lodging huge complaints. Uh, merchants and housing estates grouse that the long queues at McDonald's were adversely affecting their businesses. Ministry of Environment also noted an increase in the volume of garbage left behind by the McDonald's customers and ordered the fast food chain to clean up 
of its outlets by 27th January. 1st to 27th January is a really, really, like, this is just a span of a month and we're causing yeah, all sorts of basically chaos. Basically four weeks. Yeah, basically four weeks. Uh, the SCDF, so our Singapore Civil Defence Force, received phone calls about people fighting and fainting while in the queue. Uh, the Consumer Association of Singapore pointed out that McDonald's should have preempted these problems. Um, in hindsight, I don't think they could, uh, based on similar promotions held in Hong Kong the year before. Uh, so much so for thinking that Singaporeans are very civilized at a point in time. We all know that Hong Kong and Singapore are pretty similar, but it sounds like the culture in Hong Kong also led to a similar effect where there were long queues for the Hello Kitty promotion over there. In fact, I would say Hello Kitty is probably even more popular in Hong Kong. Oh, for sure, for sure. I did some brief research into uh, what happened in Hong Kong and turns out that actually in Hong Kong, they are they were a little bit more prepared than us in some ways and less prepared than others. For one, Hong Kong already had more longer standing like promotions before this where they had similar type of queues. So they were actually very prepared uh, in terms of like, you know, dealing with long queues and crowds. Uh, and also logistically, I don't think they were in such a bad place. I mean, think about this. Uh, a lot of things were still manufactured in China back then. And yeah, Hong Kong, right? So they're super nearby. Getting an influx of toys. The secondary market wasn't that bad, to say the least. Now, I, I cannot fact check myself on this. Uh, it's just based on a bunch of, like a few articles I saw on the Hong Kong crisis. Well, I've called it a crisis, not that much of a crisis. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like COVID-19 is a crisis. Yeah, yeah. So Hong Kong, <laughs> Hello a Kitty, very different, yeah, this is a pandemic of the mind, you know. Uh, <laughs> Pandero, yeah, it, it seemed like they had a better time than us at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, so some people came out and said, oh, you know, McDonald's Singapore should have preempted these problems. I, I would say that this is the first time that we've ever seen this scale of, of things happening. McDonald's took in that feedback, looked at what it had done, apologized for the inconvenience caused, and took steps to regulate the promotion following a review. It's a bit sad that they had to apologize for doing something good and <laughs> basically apologize for the fact that Singaporeans were being super kiasu. And so what they did was that they did a review. They set a limit of four toys per customer. So you can't bulk buy at one shot. And they stopped selling toys at certain key areas like Singapore Turf Club, Chinatown Point, and Clementi, and at its drive-through counters so that they can prevent traffic jams and some of these cases of long lines and fainting at central places. And it introduced a coupon system for the last of the six designs. So these were the Hello Kitty dolls dressed in a Chinese wedding outfit. And because I think those were significantly popular, they used a coupon system where they would sell vouchers to those who wish to purchase the Hello Kitty pair, and no limit was placed on the number of vouchers per customer but the toys could only be collected in july at a date specified by mcdonald's so it, it split up the collection and the redemption timings yeah mcdonald's also gave customers the option to donate their meals to charity rather than to buy an extra value meal and then toss it away just to get the hello kitty toy there was a lot of things that they had to do to address the cultural context in singapore where people were queuing up scalping and really causing a lot of externalities to the environment it was really a very um crazy time but i think in all replied appropriately right they tried they, all the things that needed uh, addressing were addressed food wastage addressed uh, they closed off like key areas addressed uh, things things like even traffic jams and what's nuts to me right is the, the statistic of having 130 security guards at all the outlets and so across all the outlets that means every place had at least one one guard 
That's that's like concert level, like more than 130 guards across 113 outlets. Mm-hmm. That 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 to me says something like it's like we've never they probably never had to do that before. Just straight out of the bed. <laughs> no one would yeah. imagine that McDonald's needs security guards. Yeah. We don't have it now anyway. So by the time the third February came about, this was like the end of the promotion period. So uh, things kind of wind down. But in total, and this will shock you, 2.8 million toys were sold during this one instance, which is well remembered for the frenzy it created. And uh, <laughs> as some critics and commenters highlighted, this is Singaporeans' penchant for queuing. <laughs> now, no one looks at Hello Kitty the same way, lah, I suppose. Uh, at least from our generation, everyone knows that Hello Kitty is synonymous with McDonald's and <laughs> synonymous with uh, Singaporeans queuing. Like, I don't know, it's just a thing, right? What's funny though, Rovik, is that this was not the last time that McDonald's did it. <laughs> I mean, why would they, right? They know that this is going to yeah. cause them hype. This is going to bring attention to them. Yeah. Uh, and as long as they can keep it safe next time, yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was absolutely nuts because uh after you know after this everyone was like McDonald's was never gonna do any of this ever again. I remember my uncle going like wow next time they do this right I'm never gonna queue again. Well he lied because in 2013 I was back. I was back in these queues. Um so by the time it was 2013, I was probably around yeah, probably like my early twenties. So I was still in university, I suppose. And without the shadow of doubt, uh, at a point in time I was queuing up. Now, not this time. <laughs> yeah, this time uh, with my uncle, but also for myself because uh, it was around 2013. Uh, Facebook is around already, <laughs> so uh, I thought to myself, maybe I can make a quick dollar off of this. Like I could but, eat a meal. I definitely wanted to like make a, a quick buck off of it. As a university student, things weren't that great at this point in time. Uh, 2013 early days of wah banana for me. Like money isn't fantastic, uh. <laughs> So by this time, it also launched a new series of six Hello Kitty characters dressed in outfits from popular fairy tales. So no longer weddings we went for like fairy tales and one plush toy was released over the counter every week from 30th may till 3rd july that that to me is that's that's awesome right like they they knew that they could set up a, a different period and it's only um it was not it was like a month again so there was this one month of uh, hype that was being built up over social media well what's interesting is that this was a 13 year gap between the first promotion and this. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very likely, I, I'm just thinking out loud, that the person or people who were launching the second promotion probably were people who were part of the crowd in the first promotion, right? So these are people <laughs> yeah. who may have been youngsters, they joined McDonald's and they were like, hmm, you know what I remember as probably <laughs> the greatest moment in McDonald's history? Hello Kitty. Yeah. So let me bring it back. And so, you know, they, they basically launched a second. I, I'm hypothesizing. I was about the queues in the early days. And then I thought to myself, you know what? If I could do it back then, I can do it again. I couldn't do it again. Um, there, there's a lot of reasons for this. Uh, because this was, as it's like we never learned from the past. So these plush toys uh, were sold at 460 each with every purchase of an extra value meal. Same thing. Or this time, uh, the crazy part was that you could actually buy it for just 10, for 10 bucks without an extra value meal. So McDonald's, so McDonald's went, like, really became a Hello Kitty retailer. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they, they went full like big brain mode on this. And they were like, huh, you know, people don't really want to eat. So why don't I just sell the toy directly, man? Like, that's a better profit margin. Uh. Um, so there was a lot. And there was also a limited edition one. So the release of the last toy, the limited edition, Singing Bone Hello Kitty, resulted in long queues outside McDonald's outlets island-wide before the launch on 27th June at midnight. So this was it. This was the crazy one. It was, not only was it limited edition in the sense that they were limiting the stocks and supplies, but I think 
think they would they said like they would never print something like this ever again because it was so out of the thematics of this fairy tale series. So in the end of the day, after this entire promotion, there were more than 600 ads for this toy being sold on eBay. And many of those obviously inflated, but here's the record. One of the bids went as high as $126,000. One for this one piece, okay? I'm not talking about the entire set. This one piece went up to 100 Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. That is nuts. For this one singing more Hello Kitty. Of course, it's not just, and this is a time where, you know, the internet is a real thing. But funny enough, the people who are buying at these inflated prices were not always Singaporean. Part of the uh, my investigation kind of showed that people from overseas who are eyeing these toys in Asia and could never even get their hands on it uh, were looking to purchase it at a pretty high price. Like on average, it wasn't 126000 That's just like the highest price point. But if you just look through some of the old bits, like there are certain screenshots you can find via Google image search um they were they were fetching like a few thousand dollars still like that's nothing to scoff at for a toy that you bought at 10 bucks i, I wasn't one of those guys because uh, you know uh, i i wasn't smart enough to flip it um at that price i kind of like sold it uh actually it was a very dumb story but yeah, how much I, how much did you flip it for uh okay so most of them i flipped for like 50 bucks uh which was quite nice at the end of the day just just from uh like friends and you know personal connections people who wanted to buy it i'm actually very interested in the secondary market who is spending this much money for hello uh, kitty so i didn't know this but do you know that time equals money uh i did not know <laughs> concept at 21 and when I was queuing up I wasted so many hours when I could have done a part-time job and earn that amount to just buy the toy right I could have just bought it in the secondary market for like 50 bucks um, so these people who yeah literally had no time to queue maybe they were you know office workers just a night's burnout is just not worth the toy but they would drop a uh, hundred bucks 50 bucks I, I I think on average I did sell most of it around 50 but for a few of them and I can't remember which ones now I did sell for like a, a hefty like 150 or like 200 bucks for some of them. Um, but here's the tragic story is that I actually gave away my singing bone Hello Kitty. I gave it away. So I didn't make any money off of it. I hope that whoever you gave it to is really valuable in your life. <laughs> uh, they were. <laughs> they were. Oh man. I got my heart broken in two ways. Yeah, I got my heart broken in two ways. <laughs> one of them was one of them was from lost love. One of them was from lost money. Literally threw money away dude uh, but okay lah you know she was happy for that while um, so yes $126,000 you know I'm looking online for how much they're going at right now and there is a singing bone Hello Kitty on eBay guess how much it costs oh no I, d- I don't want to think about it dude. okay I'm going to be I'm going to be very moderate about this I'm going to say like um, $2,000 no, this is the one version I'm looking at, but yep. it's including delivery forty dollars. Oh, what the heck? Well, <laughs> you who bought it a hundred twenty-six thousand dollars, I'm sorry, my man. Yeah, the depreciation probably really, really is painful I'm right so now. I'm <laughs> so sorry, my dude. Well, can't say that the. I mean, it was a, it was a long ago hype. Uh, thankfully, yeah, it all went down. Uh, and subsequently, this was so. This was instance number two, but in the the, sub, the following year, so in 2014, uh, it was actually a celebration of Hello Kitty's like 40th anniversary. So lo and behold, McDonald's launched another series of six Hello Kitty plush toys dressed up as the other Sanrio characters. This one was pretty popular as well, uh, but I think the queuing hype wasn't as crazy as we as we would have imagined. I think people at this point in time were like, oh, okay, we've seen this before, and perhaps it was too close to like the previous, uh, you know, the previous year. So this time each toy was sold at $4.95 just inflation pricing uh, with the purchase of extra value meals uh, and Singapore was the first in the world to get the collection the Hello Kitty Bubble World Collector set was 
are also made available for online purchase at this time. So this is the first time I think we've managed to do like online deliveries. Uh, each set, which costs 80 bucks, consists of all six toys, a 40th anniversary certificate, and six extra value meal $5 vouchers. So they tried to go whole bundle on this. I think yeah. McDonald's at this point probably started recognizing, well, let's let's actually treat this as a e-retail opportunity. Let's capitalize on it and mm-hmm. actually see how much we can stretch it rather than to go with the traditional model which was just to do it as a as an add-on to your extra value meal correct correct we all start to learn and i don't know if we'll do this in future episodes but um their promotion structure really has changed throughout the decades that they've been with us there were a lot of times and i can't remember i queued up for so many mcdonald's things in my life that i'm, I'm starting to see it all as a blur but there were i didn't know you were such a big collector no i wasn't i've always done this for oh man you know just now you were mentioning how these young boys they would do it to impress their girlfriends yeah I keep I, I, I love my girlfriends do it I just try to like do it for girls that I, I was infatuated <laughs> with I know this is like the most beta thing to say in the world but like that was me <laughs> I would do it because the girls like man that's so cute and I thought to myself yeah, I've done this before easy to do it again uh, but anyway they, they, they actually changed them all a lot and instead of trying to build up hype this was a more like okay everyone can have it Let's not let's not jack stuff up. Let's not try to uh, create a big hoo ha, big problem over this. Let's just give everyone who wants it a chance at it, right? So online deliveries obviously makes a makes a a whole makes it a whole lot easier on everyone, right? No queues. It doesn't stress out their staff. What was interesting was that online pre-orders, when they started at 11 a.m. on 23rd April, each customer was only allowed to order up to three sets, but they had to suspend online sales within 80 minutes of it opening due to the overwhelming response. (laughs) So there is server capacity and such things. Even then, (laughs) there was a surge at the initial front. It resumed at about 7 p.m. the same day, but because of the crowd control measures, because of availability, of the online pre-order platform. There were shorter queues during in-store sales for the first of the six toys. And overall, there were just less queues, less food wastage, a lot more control and coordination over exactly how this promotion was executed. I think that was great. Like this this story has a happy ending because what I'm saying, right? We McDonald's had a crazy promotion in 2000. And by the time we got to 2014, we learned everything that needed to be learned. I don't think we've ever had that a resurgence of this ever again like we never had this problem with McDonald's ever again so that's always nice would you say that everyone had a happy meal hey everyone had a happy <laughs> meal that's except us McDonald's please fix that uh. <laughs> <laughs> we can go through some of the types of Hello Kitty toys that were out there yeah, so you yeah, had, yeah. as you mentioned the wedding outfit so you oh, had Malay, Korean Japanese you also had fairy tales so there was Wizard of Oz yep there was was Little Red Riding Hood, Frog Prince, Ugly Duckling, Singing Bone. There was the Bubbly World Collector set. These are the Sanrio characters, right? Yes, all the Sanrio characters. Uh, they had like Kero 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 P, My Melody, uh, Osaru no Monkichi, uh, Pom Pom Purin, Tuxedo Sam, which is my favorite, and uh, Bad Bats Maru, the weird penguin looking like dude. I think that was the most popular toy actually, the uh, Bad Bats Maru one and, uh, back in 2014. What do you think all of this says about who we are as a Singapore? society. One is definitely the obvious that we we will always queue for things that seem to indicate value. uh, Whether we like it or not, we will queue. And we are long-suffering in that way. I'm also wondering what it says about 
about just the overall consumerist culture because for us at the end of the day value has to be demonstrated we will fight tooth and nail for those things and we will pay money for it i imagine that there's a whole bunch of people out there who are who are just looking at this and being like there are other things in life to value like family and yeah <laughs> I'm not paying $2,000 for a toy. I think it says a lot about us. Like, from a consumer's point of view, for sure. Like, we've always been the, that sort of people, right? Like, we're very economy-centric. Uh, turning a profit is kind of like second nature to us. But I wanted, like, the lighthearted take on this is that McDonald's, like, this is just one instance, right? This is just one instance of our relationship with a huge brand like McDonald's and we take it as part of the community. I don't know if this is true for a lot of people, but for me, because I grew up with these things, like these experiences with McDonald's, it will be so sad if they ever left this country. And I don't think they will, right? It's like just too embedded in our food culture as it is. I think what this instance of the Hello Kitty buying frenzy says about us is that, uh, like it or not, we're actually very attached we're very attached to this brand that we call McDonald's. Some people will criticize it and say, of course, you know, this, this is this is bad food for your body. And hey, you know what? You know, this is food. food. To me, food is food. And of course, it's uh, healthy options out there. But we cannot deny, we just cannot deny that it's such a big part of who we are today. I, I could go on and on. Part of the SG Explained brand for me is telling stories and like learning about Singapore's history and attachments through these like really outliers like these peculiarities that just don't come very often it says a lot about who we are and i hope um my dear listeners i hope you guys uh enjoy your time with us today because <laughs> i had a lot of fun doing this yeah episode. now that mcdonald's reopened definitely appreciate the fact that you get to go back and, and i'm sure our our journey with mcdonald's both as sg explained as well as singapore is not at its end yeah so there's a lot more to come um <laughs> Yeah, let us know what else uh, you guys want to hear. If you if you guys are interested in more of this kind of content, uh, do let us know as well on all our social platforms. I just want to also shout out that people have been messaging us on our Facebooks and Instagrams, and I think continue to do so. We love hearing from you, and we love hearing what kind of content you, you you'd want us to produce. Elliot and I are doing this completely as a hobby. Hopefully, we get to explore new parts of Singapore by connecting with different people in Singapore. So do reach out. We are available on. Facebook, Instagram, as well as all your podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, etc. Join us anywhere. Cool. That's all for us. I'm Elliot. Thanks so much for joining.